What's up, family? What's good? Hey. Why y'all looking all sad? Mary Mary here, Ruben, everybody in the cup, we ready to do this? Nah, man. Everybody's running late. Are you serious? Yes. And I hope they make it. Oh, they make it. They may be late, but they'll make it. They better make it, because we've got a lot to do. Welcome to Blessed by Grace Radio. Tonight is Thursday, September the 20th, 2018. The time is now 9.34 p.m. We are in the Apple Valley Studio with Christian Clay, Bishop, Sound, and Overseer of the Greater Audience and Pentecost Church of Jesus 
Christ tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Bishop, Alfred Moore. Tonight is our weekly Food for the Soul Bible Study Session with Dr. Bishop Alfred Moore. He will preach as he sort of God for you tonight. He will give you what the says the word tonight. So get out your Bibles and let's go on a ministerial journey tonight and let us stay prayed up in the word of God. That's our daily swore. We are to utilize the basic instructions. Now, the, the Holy Bible stands for he only left you basic instructions before leaving earth. That means that that is to teach us and to guide us as to where we are to go. That is what the Bible is for. It is our right-hand fellowship. The Bible is our torch. It leads the way to our everyday life. We should utilize it by reading it. It will teach us something. That's what the Bible does. Nothing wrong with that. It works in our favor. Ladies and gentlemen, our host for the evening, that's Dr. Bishop Alphamar. God bless God bless you again, amen, Radio Land, and God bless my announcer tonight for bringing us on once again. As she makes the statement, amen, food for a soul. As we do each week, praise the Lord, we bring you something, amen, that can bless your soul from one week to another. God bless everybody in Radio Land tonight that has their ears open, amen, and tuned to this broadcast and plan for us. We express the word of God as it is. And we are going to tonight talk about marriage. And I was, amen. This was a subject, amen, that crossed my mind. And I thought, amen, we should look into the word of God, amen, and see what Jesus says about marriage. In the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verse 18 through 24, it reads and says this. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to all the fowls of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found any help meet for him. And the Lord God called the deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took out of his reel and closed up the flush instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God has taken from man shall be a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam says, this is now bones of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was 
taken out of a man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. In the New Testament chapter, Matthew chapter 19, verse 4 through 6 says, And he asked and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they too, and and they shall twain shall be one flush. Wherefore, they are no more twain but one. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. I read you the entire verses in Genesis 2 through 24 and Matthew 19, 4 through 6. And we want to talk about marriage tonight. Marriage is a very important plan of God. Marriage was ordained by God. Marriage was designed by God. The foundation of society. It was supposed to be built up on marriage. It was designed for companionship between a man and a woman. Individuals joined together. They leave and cleave to the principles of what marriage is to stand for. Two, become one. Marriage is based on commitment. Marriage is based on mutual submitment. Holy matrimony, exclusively, intimately, and pure. Ultimately, marriage is marriage to Christ and Christ and the church. This is a beautiful, marriage is a beautiful thing as God has designed marriage for man and woman. As we see, amen, God had gave Adam the ability to name every animal and every plant that there was. But after Adam had named everything and everything had a companion, a pair, God seen that Adam didn't have a companion. Adam was alone. And God said, it's not good for man 
to be alone. So I'm going to make him a helpmate. Who can have known who would have speculated that Jesus and his little group of disciples would cause such a stir in Canaan after returning from a journey unto Bethany. It may have been more for his mother's sake than for his own, that the Lord was called to the marriage that was taking place in a small village a few miles north of Nazarene. It was situated on a high land of Galilee. Canaan itself had no great distinction. We read at the wedding, nor do we know the name of the bride or the groom. The fact that the host ran out of wine may indicate that they were of a lower income. It all seems such an incapacity beginning for the one who would later astound the multitude with mighty signs and wonders. Certainly this would not appear to be the time or the place that Christ would first demonstrate his power. But John reported this beginning of miracle did Jesus in Canaan of Galilee and manifested forward his glory and his disciples believed it on him. Jesus demonstrated his miracle and his power at a small wedding. This very present Jesus has sanctified the marriage relationship by his very presence. How many more weddings, we might ask, would be blessed if Jesus was there? How many weddings would be blessed if Jesus would be there? Many times we have weddings, but Jesus is not there. To sanctify how gracious are the Son of God to share in our everyday joy. When we come to be united in marriage, Jesus shares in our everyday joy. Jesus could have chosen a, a more public in a more sanctioned situation. The casting out of demons, uh, the stealing of a storm to begin his ministry of miracles. Instead, the Lord chose 
to set heaven's stamp and approval upon a non-esmith bride and groom. There is nothing and nobody is more important than a man and a woman to Jesus Christ. Yes, he could have calmed the storm down. That have been should have been more attractive, but he didn't. He was thinking about what he had created in his own image and his own likeness. This miracle at Canaan was Jesus' own wedding gift to the young couple. This was a miracle that Jesus did. This fiesta fiesta occurred in which Christ's presence was so apparently it seemed symbolized. It seemed to speak of God and his relationship that he was always designed to share with his people. God wanted a relationship with his people. That's why Jesus was at the wedding of Canaan because he wants a relationship with his people. Somebody was getting ready to be united in holy matrimony. In the Old Testament prophecy, the Almighty referred to himself as Israel's husband. I did speak of Jehovah's great love for the nation. For thine maker is thine husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. Isaiah 54 and 5. Again, Isaiah stated, and the bridegroom rejoices over the bride. So shall thou, God, rejoice over thee. The Lord protects that Israel has broken, protects that Israel has broken their covenant. Even though he was a husband to them, Jeremiah 31, 32. However, a day is coming of which God promised unfaithful Israel, I will betroth thee unto me forever. Hosea chapter 2 and 9. Even Israel then left the Lord and broke the covenant, then broke the agreement. God said, one day, I'm going to bring you back to me. You're going to honor me, and you're going to rever me, you're going to respect me. The message of both the Old and the New Testament, it portrays a love God, a loving God who wants to be intimate and eternal relationship with his people. This is the glorious purpose of God for his church. God wants to be intimately with us. Paul firmly wrote to the same 
his conversion. For I have exposed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. 2 Corinthians 11 and 2. Marriage was ordained by God. Marriage was designed by God. What was true in the beginning of mankind exists is still the same today. The principle remains unchanged and uninterrupted. God's word does not change. As we study, we're going to find out that man is trying to change the word of God, but the principles of God's word, God's word does not change. Heaven and earth are passed away before one word of his fails. God's word does not change. In his wisdom and his deep concern for mankind's welfare, God pardoned. It is not good. God looked down and saw this. As Adam was being alone, amen, he said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. Genesis 2 and 18. I'm going to make somebody that can help him. The Almighty knew from the outset that Adam needed a help me, a suitable companion to assist him. Thus God himself ordained marriage. God himself is the one that ordained marriage. When God had to call Adam and Eve, is it when he put them in the garden after they had disobeyed him, then they needed to marry. Because their thoughts was not as pure as it was before they had not sinned. So God ordained marriage himself. God himself ordained marriage. It was his plan. One of his first acts after creation. It was his design to establish one of the richness of humanity, a human relationship. A man and a woman in the bonds of love. God wanted them to be in the bonds of love. In North America, cultural, one of the highlights is a girl life is the planning of her wedding. Others may have suggestions, and friends are often helpful, but it is a bride-to-be 
who generally make the majority decision. She must discover the special wedding dress, those unusual attractions, invitations, the flowers that are just right, a wonderful three-tier cake, and matching dresses for her bridesmaid. She has been chosen by the man of her dream, and she lives in a swinging world of anticipation, joy, and happiness. How careful the Lord laid his plans for marriage between a man and a woman. He designed marriage to bring the highest form of mature happiness to God's highest creation on the heaven. Everything has to be right. The groom wants to be the woman's protector, her friend, her lover. Look at your marriage tonight and put your marriage beside this. He was to be her protector, her friend, and her lover, and her provider. The bride was to be the man's companion, stick right by him, his supporter, and his admirer. No matter what he's going through, woman, stick right there by your husband. Let me reverse that. Husband, stick right there by your wife. Not only did God ordain originally designed marriage, but he also made it both a solemn and a joyful occasion. Marriage should be a joyful occasion. It should not be uh, you live in a man with one another and there is no love there. There is no peace among you. It should not be no standing off one toward the other. It should be a joyful occasion. Let me put a little emphasis on this to say I know it can be a joyful occasion. I just lost my wife about a year and three months. God blessed us to be together for 57 years. And I can say of a truth, God gave me a woman that I was well pleased with. We had a joyful marriage. So I know, amen, it ought to be a joyful occasion with the husband and with the wife. God has me literally built the woman from the real, a solemn act. Since there was no father of the bride, it was the almighty who gave the bride away. 
He didn't have no father. Adam didn't have no father. Jesus himself gave them away. And he brought her unto the man, Genesis 2 and 22. And with this great act, he also made a marriage very joyful. They was happy. God didn't want man to be alone. And God still don't want man to be alone. The foundation of society, the family, is the fundamental institution of the civil world culture. God intends for children to be born unto houses where devoted parents were natural and developed by the installing in them proper values and respect and honor for God. It is crucial in our day upon modern culture, cultural and challenging every moral value that marriage and family becoming increasingly strong. The psalmist asks the question, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Psalms 11 and 13. If the foundation of the family be destroyed, what can the righteous do? If marriage be destroyed, what do you think going to happen to our world? If we disregard the principles of God, what do you think going to happen? Clearly, focus of evil are doing their utmost to destroy traditional marriage. There are people in the land is trying to destroy traditional marriage. Remember, God ordained marriage. It's not what man says. It is what your creator says. Mitchell Connell, Connell, a United States senator stated, traditional marriage the union between a man and a woman is the cornerstone of our society. And the best possible foundation for a family that God ordained, he instituted, is under attack today. Marriage is under attack today. Wake up, children, read your Bible. Believe the word of God. Sadly, many individuals of modern culture, they characterize those who define tradition values 
as a bigoted, a right-winger, and worse. They verify those who support moral values as hate mongers who deny right the right of others. Mankind is trying to destroy traditional marriage as God has set it up. Mankind get upset with other mankind and trying to cause, and not trying, they are causing chaos and confusion all over the world because they don't want to obey the word of God. They want to do like they want to do and set up their own institution of marriage. It won't work. The Bible says, let every man be a lie, but God is the truth. God ain't going to have it no other way. A powerful cultural has affected the government. It then affected the courts, and even it affected the church. Defeating government of Canada has drifted, has drawn a bill to rewrite the definition of marriage. They're not satisfied with God's plan. They want to rewrite God's marriage. The Bible says, don't you add or don't you take away. Now, a Christian should stand on the word of God. The world may do what they want to do, but a Christian should take a stand. If you believe the word of God is the word of God, stand on the principle of the word of God. And the Neverland and the legislators sex and marriage. The message often promotes is promoted by gay communities is that they simply want their union to be accepted. But in reality, they demand full approval of the unbiblical and ungodly lifestyle. They want to be equal like everybody else. But now, listen what the Word of God says. God says he made a man and a woman. Many people have realized that an attack on tradition marriage is actually an attack on the Bible. Now, who are you going to believe, the Bible? Are you going to believe some kind of government? I believe in the word of God because the Bible is the spoken word of God. God wants unity in his marriage. Others have simply recognized the value of this great institution. Our model must remain that a heterosexual family children need 
father and a mother. God made, listen, man and woman. That's a woman and a man. He took the woman out of a man's real. And he made Adam a helper. Being alone can be one of the most challenging of human experience. This is a say in the Kermod that reads, a man without companion is like the left hand without the right. Charles Switzerland wrote that while God says it was good or it was very good, or four different occasions during the creation. He says in Genesis 2 and 18, it is not good that the man should be alone. While an individual can certainly accomplish much, the scripture emphasizes the increased power of TWO2 to overcome difficult. And he speaks as the chapter 4, verse 9 through 12, the Bible commentator Matthew Henry made uh, interesting observation about the latter part of Ecclesiastes 12 and 4. Where two are closely joined in holy love and fellowship, Christ will by his spirit come to them. Then there is a three-fourth chord. It's hard to break a three-fourth chord. When you have your companion and yourself and have Jesus, you've got a strong unity. And it's hard to break that unity if you keep the love in the bonds of peace. Unfortunately, God himself wished to be entwined in the heartfelt relationship between a husband and his wife. God wants to be felt. God needs to, uh, Jesus needs to be in the midst of you. It's not enough, amen, for husband and wife, amen. They need, amen, that other card to come in. They need some spiritual help. God means for a woman to be more than a housekeeper. A confinder or merely a sex partner. His plan was for her to be the vital companion of her husband, entire being. Since marriage is the most intimate of human relationships, 
she shall in all of her spouse. Ever what her spouse do, she ought to be right there beside him to share in it. And all he hoped to be, she should be right there to employ him, to strengthen him. Adam recognized that Eve was unique, different from all else in the creation. The animal world has been created apart from him. But of the woman, he declared, this is now bones of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Genesis 2 and 23. The woman was taken from part of him. Now she was one with him. I'm speaking of marriage tonight. The Esson Bible Dictionary translated the term help me. Found in Genesis 2 and 18 through 20 as a helper, as his counterpart, and a help suitable to him. Many women have questioned the fact that they have been casting in a supported role. But God in his infinite wisdom has chosen a woman to be full and unravished position. She feels the need in a man's life that nothing else and no one else can feel. God meant for her and her husband to find their purpose in life together. Certainly some men have taken advantage of their wives, treating them like household appliances. However, the woman who Lovely support her husband is in fact honor. She's honored by God, and God will turn her honor. We must love our wives. We must honor our wives. We must respect our wives. Look at tradition, and look what is happening to our marriage institution today. But in the beginning, it was not so. Between a man and a woman, God did not present Adam with another man. God did not do that. Instead, he brought a woman to Adam. A woman, not a man. But he brought a woman to Adam. This was God's original plan. And despite 
the source, the scorning today of many in our so-called liberated society, it is the only plan that is going to properly work. God didn't bring no man to another man, another woman to another woman. He brought a man and a woman. I'm talking about something that God ordained himself. Jesus coming to our new covenant and our new agreement, Jesus taught the sanctity of marriage between a man and a woman. He asked the Pharisees, have you not read that he which maketh them at the beginning, he made them male and female? And said, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife. Not to another one like him, but plead to his wife. And they twain shall be one flesh. Matthew chapter 19, verse 4 and 5. He was reiterating what God had already established in Genesis. Now, if you really know who Jesus is, The word was made flesh. And we beheld the glory of the only begotten Son of full of grace and truth. Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. But he came on down to a different generation. And these Pharisees, he had to let them know. Did you understand what God said? But they didn't realize who they were talking to because they didn't understand who Jesus really was. Because he had planned such value on the proper union of a man and a woman He condemned every form of fornication under the Mosaic law. He listed sexual intercourse was included. A harlot or a raper who was to be stoned to death. A woman who was sexual, unfaithful to her betrothed was also to be stoned. Adultery, a sexual intercourse with another man's wife was punishable by death. For both an adultery and adulteress.
one third of the world, world, amen, in this generation and time now, if God was not so merciful, I'm afraid, amen, one third of the world would be wiped out. Jesus further affirmed the divine principles of faithfulness between one man and one woman. Now, when the Pharisee questioned him regarding the divorce, these religious leaders only seem concerned with the law. But the Lord was concerned with the demoralization effect that the divorce had on an individual. He told them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, he suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornicate, and shall marry another one, commits adultery. And whosoever marries her, which is put away, does commit adultery. Matthew nineteen eight and nine. We're talking about marriage tonight. Individuals that are joined together by holy matrimony. They leave the leaving and cleave principle. Once marriage, a couple should be mature enough to begin a home on their own. They each have left father and mother and established a new relationship. The husband and wife has each served what form- formerly may have been their closest human tie to establish still a greater bond. Although they should never lose their love and respect for their parents. Therefore, there has been a, a leaving before there can be a cleaving. Interestingly, as the point in the scripture where God stated that a man should leave his father and mother, Adam had no parents, but God was clear, establishing a principle upon which to base all future marriage. The Hebrew word translated clean in Genesis 2 and 4 
It means to cling to or to or hear. The man and his wife were to be glued together in any dissolution, union, until death, or either one of them. However, it was not only to be a physical bond, but also an emotion and a spiritual union. One so powerful that nothing can separate the two. Without question, a married man has far more responsibility to his wife than he is to his parents. When you are married to a woman, you have committed yourself to that woman. Yes, you have greater responsibility. We're talking about marriage to become one. When we, amen, give up our rights to say we want to belong to each other, two becomes one. This story illustrates that in marriage, two separate lives come together. And each spouse should leave something of himself behind. Each partner has have a proper part, a proper part to play in union that the other cannot properly fulfill. God has prescribed a unique role for husband and for wife. He should learn to build a house upon a godly principle with mutual respect, and together they should throw out the garbage from their lives. Marriage is based on commitment. The marriage couple should commit themselves, each to the other, under God. The divine principle is one man one woman for one lifetime. One man, one woman for one lifetime. If you are married, you don't need to be looking across the fence at somebody else's wife. You have a wife. Look at your wife. Admire your wife. Tell her how beautiful she is. Too many couple of He's wrongly they assume that a marriage ceremony itself results in lasting commitment. After all, they have fallen madly in love and are sure to live happily even after. However, the Bible takes us. And an altar are not the end 
They are merely, it's just merely the beginning. A happy marriage always remains flexible with neither partners always having his or her own way. It's an agreement in a marriage. It always should remain flexible that you can grow together. Frequently the marriage partner find that after a few years, sometimes even after a few months, someone, they have a tendency to drift apart. The husband may have become consumed with the job reflection responsibility. While the wife may have felt overwhelming with the household duties. In a marriage, we must learn to work together. This is God's plan. God bless you, my time is out. I'm just getting into the details of this marriage, amen. God made man and woman. Not man and man, a woman and woman. But our society that we living in now is going against the word of God. This is Dr. Moore saying, God bless you. We love you until next week. That was beautiful coming from Dr. Bishop out from work tonight. He is right. We will see you next week. We say good night, Godspeed, and God bless everybody in Radio Land. We thank you for all those who listened in tonight. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. And we will hear from you guys next week. Don't forget, call in for prayer, 930. God bless you. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Have a good night. Bye.